Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sowing Hope. And uh, Merry Christmas, because it is still the Christmas season. I know that uh, the secular world always skips saying Merry Christmas right after uh, Christmas Day, but we continue here all the way through uh, the Feast of the Three Kings into the Baptism of our Lord. So, uh, welcome to Sowing Hope, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Dan DeSantis. How are you, and Merry Christmas, Anne? Oh, Merry Christmas, Bill. Good to be here. <laughs> yes, it's great. And you're right, we're still in the season. Let's not forget, right? <laughs> yes, let's not forget. And we have a wonderful guest mm-hmm. with us today as well, so uh, tell us about her. I know she's coming back to us again. She is, yes. I'm so honored because she's been a guest with us before. She was also a guest on Journeys in Faith on Fiat Ministry Network, and she's a good friend of mine. Her name is Lisa Maladnik. She is a certified Gallup strength coach as well as an author and a Catholic speaker. So good morning, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning and Merry Christmas. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I love this time. Oh, yeah. I just love this time. Yeah, the graces are really pouring down. We've got to be attentive to that. It's it's a, just such a special and holy time. Yeah, it's a good point that the graces are are coming to us. And I think just that awareness in all of our hearts that he is here, he wants to bless us, and he's continually blessing us, maybe in ways that we don't expect. So Thank you for all that you do, because part of what we're going to talk about really is blessings, isn't it? The blessings sure. that God has given all of us through through the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. That That's a generous way to put it. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, so often you mentioned I was a speaker. There have been so many times when I'm just about to step up to a podium where I feel so completely inadequate. I feel like everyone's going to walk away from the talk and say, well, that was nothing. And, and in a weird way, it's true. I mean, I know that's the attack of the enemy before you try to serve God. But at the same time, my prayer to God would just be, I'm, I'm an empty cup, Lord. Fill, fill that cup and let me pour it out for you. And then God would provide. And so I feel like that's something that once we start to put ourselves out there in a way that's challenging for us. So if anyone listening is a little afraid to do something, a little afraid to to jump into a new season or a new challenge, do it scared and do it with God and do it as his vessel. And I promise you, he will fill your cup and he will bless others. Well, that's a perfect way to say it. And you're, you're a conscientious person. I guess there's the other flip side 
where if someone isn't too nervous and thinks, oh, everything will be fine, I'll just get up there and say whatever. And <laughs> yeah, so there's a flip side. So it's it's probably better that you're on the side that you're on, isn't it? <laughs> well, some people are extraordinarily gifted and they actually do better with less preparation and less worry. Of course, there are people who just show up for things unprepared and, and that's not good. But there are people, and I know a couple of them, who make it their practice to just be in the Holy Spirit, walk up to a microphone and go and they're incredible. <laughs> I think Bill knows what you mean there. No, 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 no. There are many people that, that are uh, incredible like that. You, and it's, and it's amazing to see, uh, we, we get a chance to talk to a lot of them. So, but, it, but, but, but it's amazing to talk to people who are also prepared because, um, <laughs> without the preparation, uh, you know, you know, you know, God is a God that wants us to prepare for things. And, uh, you know, otherwise we would not have just had the entire season of Advent, right? Uh, you know, where we, where we, you know, prepare for his coming, uh, and now he's here. So uh, it, it is important that we have those seasons of preparation. Our church um, kind of lends itself to that. So I know that I cannot just step up to a microphone and go, oh, Holy Spirit, uh, you know, now enlighten me with exactly what you want me to say. Uh, you know, he wants me to prepare, uh, and he wants me to be ready. So, but, but at the same time, um, you know, certainly there are those Holy Spirit moments of, of grace uh, that, that, that happens with certain people and, uh, or, or somebody has something totally prepared and then the Holy Spirit goes, oh, um, I want you to say this instead, you know? And, and so, so there's that too. Yeah. I've seen that happen. I remember once, um, <clears throat> being at a Catholic marketing network trade show and Joseph Pierce was supposed to get up and talk about his new book, which is an incredible book, by the way, the quest for Shakespeare. And at the last minute, Alan Napleton asked him to just tell his conversion story. And he had not, you know, sat with it and prepared and gotten all his talking points lined up. And he just stood in front of us completely vulnerable and knocked our socks off, blew our minds. And uh, so, I mean, sometimes that does happen. We get yeah. asked or in the midst of speaking, and we have to be open to this, all of you who are listening who feel that you're called to witness in some way, and we all are in some way. Yeah. That, that God provides in the moment very often in surprising ways. Um, scripture even says, do not worry about what you will say in advance. He's not necessarily saying don't prepare yourself because they were very well prepared. Jesus spent three full years preparing his apostles before he sent them out. But he doesn't want us to be afraid. Amen. Yeah. Authenticity, I think, is important either way, no matter whether you're super prepared or whether you are a little more off the cuff, right? <laughs> I mean, either way. Uh, God can be with us either way, I think. And um, whether whether it's a, a spur of the moment or whether you've sat for hours in front of your computer and in your prayer time, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so that's a lot of part of what we're discussing here has to do with what you do. It's being you are a Gallup certified strength coach and an author and a speaker. Now on the line of the Gallup certified strength coach, I can speak of that personally because you've helped me. Uh, I have taken the Gallup assessment for the, now what do we call it? The strengths, right? Your your talent, talents and strengths. Yes. Uh, and I can define those for you, but um, the assessment is called the Clifton Strengths, Clifton Strengths Assessment. And it was created by Don Clifton originally. And now his family owns and operates the Gallup Corporation and still provides that assessment. Yeah. I mean, I, I got so much from taking this assessment and not only that, 
uh, I'm disclosing a little bit here as I bought it for every member of my, my family and also for one friend. And it was incredible to see the differences in our top 34. We all were different. We had a couple, we had a couple talents that were close to, you know, maybe the same level at whether it be the top, the bottom, uh, depending on who it was. My husband and I were, had a few things at the top, but we, our top three talents were different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> you said opposites attract or whatever. So, um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes you'll see people where one of the two people who are married um, has certain things in their top five and the other person has those things ranked like 32, 33 and Mm -hmm. 34 because we all have all 34 of these talent themes, but the assessment ranks them in order. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that those talents are not accessible to us. It's just that some people have them much more naturally accessible. And so we really want to learn. Clifton's research showed that in areas of natural talent, you get explosive growth with a little bit of nurture. And it, and just consistent, you know, kind of flexing that talent like a muscle, using it intentionally where needed, applying learning, training, skill development for sure. But that those things grow explosively. They're like little nuclear acorns that can turn into oak trees almost overnight. They're really quite extraordinary. And so when you see that you have something really high and your husband has something, that same thing really low, that's an area for potential misunderstanding. But once you start to understand it, And he can start to kind of speak into the areas where you are naturally gifted, like speak the language of how you think, how you feel, how you behave, notice those things, appreciate and affirm them. You start to do that for each other. And now you've got a level of intimacy, awareness, and togetherness that isn't possible without that awareness. We can be aware of each other's tendencies and talents to a degree, but this assessment I really believe is a piece of the puzzle. Without sacramental life and virtue, none of it's worth any effort at all, Mm. in my opinion. You can be um, highly developed in all your talents to the point where they're all strengths, where you are consistently achieving excellence and worldly success and, and lose eternity and lose the opportunity, uh, as Scrooge discovered, to make humanity your business, to really make sure that you're tending to work. Yeah. Spiritual gifts. But this is a layer that I'm finding with my clients, and my clients are primarily Catholics, that is a game changer and their relationships and their confidence in God. Oh, I, I have to agree. And I was thinking when you were talking that what needs to be present is virtue, mm, right? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're all Catholic here and we get people on this uh, program who listen are Catholic uh, Christians and non-religious people too. But when the virtue element is, is there, that's what that, I think that must be the game changer too, right? I mean, when you're trying to do it to uh, bring goodness to the world instead of just your own worldly success, as, as you said, yeah, and, and Gallup, uh, you know, Don Clifton himself defined mature talent as being other-oriented, self-giving, well-managed. So let's say I had what's called the communication theme, and they're all called themes because they're groups of talents that tend to show up together. So if I have the communication theme, I'm really good at public speaking and writing and choosing just the right word and, and creating compelling messages. 
But if I'm not managing that theme well, I'm the person you don't want to be stuck in the elevator with. I never stop talking. I leave no air in the room for anybody else. And, and I exhaust you, right? I drain others because I'm too self-centered. That's a person who has a poorly managed, even if it's a well-developed, talent theme. Mature talent is distinctly Christian, even though Don Clifton's organization was not Christian. I absolutely believe that the, that the sort of fingerprints of the person of faith are all over the way he uh, presented and affected the way we think about talent in the world. And this is an assessment that's been hugely possible, excuse me, popular around the globe in the corporate world, in academia for a very long time. Um, many people have relied on it um, to create stronger teams and partnerships and to help young people to understand how they're gifted and to, to have that sense, to have a vision for their lives, to be able to see that their gifts are unique and watch them develop, to see, to have that, that kind of rhythm of exploring and experimenting in their talents and watching them grow and, and really knowing for the first time that they can have an impact in the world. And that's just an incredible gift to give somebody. Yeah, it is. And I know um, you got a great event coming up. It's a, it's a quite a lengthy event too, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but it's a, it's a series and on, uh, it's something we were talking about, touched on a little bit the you know, the marriage, right? Uh, so it's like strength-based marriage, uh, free Christ-centered book club, Wednesdays from uh, eight o'clock to 9 p.m. Eastern time, January 6th through February 10th, 2021. Uh, so tell us a little bit about about this, and and, and it, it seems very very cool. It's based on a book um, by uh, Jimmy Evans and Alan uh, Kelsey, right? Yes, it's a wonderful book. Mine is underlined and dog-eared. I keep rereading it and opening. It's just an incredible book because it's written by Jimmy Evans and Alan Kelsey are both Protestants, people of deep deep faith who have been through you know enough darkness and loss in their own lives to be able to accumulate some wisdom as well as all their training and life experience. They're mature men. Um, but Jimmy Evans is a marriage expert and Alan Kelsey is a strengths expert, somebody who's uh, certified as I am in the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. And so he coaches people and they have uh, a strengths-based marriage website that has free videos. You do have to opt into their mailing list to see them, but they're excellent. And so their book uh, really unpacks how two people can go from being very alienated from each other, from feeling like they've made a terrible mistake. And many married people have had this feeling, whether they've expressed it or whether they've gotten through it or whether they've gotten to the brink of giving up, of falling into really real despair and bitterness. These two men had those experiences and they tell other stories too. They actually start the book with a story of someone that, that Mr. Kelsey counseled, a gentleman who realized his wife had been pushing him to take the assessment, <clears throat> excuse me, and she had very high empathy. And as a talent theme, that means a lot of things, but primarily it means that's somebody with real strength and power in the ability to see people, to notice their emotional states, to be in tune with them, to really care about them to empathize, right? But it's even more than that. That person also has a deep underlying need to be heard in emotional language. I feel this affects me in this way, to, to have someone willing to listen and to be in that space with them. And he discovered when she finally got him to go to the coach and be assessed, um, that he had empathy 
very, very low. Mm. And when he started to connect the dots, he realized that in the 10 years of their marriage, his wife had been existing in an emotional desert. And this always moves me because he broke down crying in the coach's office and realized he needed to change things. And of course, with the coach's help, had had some ideas. And he ran out of the office, called her and said, we've got to meet for lunch. And she said she was really frightened. She thought he lost his job or something terrible had happened. <laughs> but he he met her somewhere and they held hands on a bench somewhere at a mall or something. And he poured out his heart to her and she just sobbed for a long time. And when she finally got control of herself, she said, this is the first time in our married life that I have felt seen and heard. Mm. And yeah, go ahead, Bill. No, that's awesome. What a great story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. And so this, this idea that when you know how each other are wonderfully made by God, those, those very things that irritate you or can be chronic problems of misunderstanding where you're always trying to justify yourselves to each other or explain your motives. Often they're just talent themes that are being misunderstood. And once you know why the other person operates the way they do and they know how you operate, you can start to have a lot of fun with this. There are even ways in the book that they talk about the romantic side of life and how different people with certain kind of dominant themes, you know, are happier romantically uh, when things go a certain way. I mean, there's, it's not in any way explicit or, or inappropriate. It's just general ideas. But every chapter and they're easy, readable, delightful chapters, they each contribute to every chapter. And every chapter has suggestions and questions and things to try at the end. And so we're going to go through that book together one Wednesday night, one hour a week. And I'm also going to be posting the people who register at my event, Bright. Uh, and again, it's free. Um, will get some emails from me with more information and some little videos on how to take the assessment and things like that to make it easy for them. So I will support them every step of the way. Yeah, yeah it's, awesome. it's, uh, it, it's just great. And as you were speaking, as you're talking about husbands and wives, I just on a whim, I, I went on my phone on my husband's top five and then thinking about mine. And I think what we found out when we took it was that we thought we would be complete opposites in so many ways. But when I looked at his and mine and we compared them, they weren't all that different than we thought, actually. They were somewhat, uh, somewhat similar in some ways, you know. His top five, I'll just to give some of the language of it, I'll just give everybody, um, hope he doesn't mind. Hi, Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> Is His number one was analytical. Two was learner. Three was responsibility. Four was restorative. And five was achiever. Now, I did them for the whole family. And then my top five were, and then you know these, Lisa, were, I'll go back. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm on his, I'm still on his. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know some of yours maximize yeah, responsibility. Yeah. Maximizer. <laughs> yeah. Maximize responsibility, discipline, achiever, and self-assurance were my top five. Uh, so the responsibility theme was one of them that that was the same. And believe it or not, uh, my, my number eight was analytical, which I was shocked. I always thought of myself as more the on the communicator end, but actually the, th that whole theme of the analytical was more, uh, more on my um, heavier end, I guess you would say, right? I mean, because I had 
some other ones like futuristic and command were also in my top 10 too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I was shocked at some of those. Well, you know, the combinations matter. You've got futuristic, analytical, and, and, other, and other pieces that, well, the futuristic piece is someone who really, it, it is what it sounds like in a way, really looks to the future for answers, for so- solutions to problems, uh, tends to be able to have a vision for the future and be thinking out kind of down the road. And that person can seem to somebody who's not futuristic to be not quite in the moment, to be maybe a little bit flighty in that way, right? Um, but your analytical and your self-assurance and your discipline, those kinds of things also ground you. You can drop anchor in those things. Now, something that you might not know right off the bat with analytical, yes, that's the person who um, really loves to look at all the data and all of that, but that's also the person who wants to know why things happen. And so as a person of faith, that ability for you um, combined with your achiever, which makes you a very driven, high energy person, someone who's dynamic, someone who's always moving to get things done and, and might, you know, let's say your husband had a ranger, I'm not a ranger, um, what is it, adaptability t- at, at, at number one, he would be the opposite, he'd be the person who's probably always running late and in the moment, but is great under pressure and loves things being thrown at him. So the two of you, you know, might have a conflict there where you're, you know, you're very disciplined, you're the person who's going to be on time, he might not be. But once you start to appreciate each other's strengths, that he's the person can handle whatever's being thrown at him, you start to kind of go, oh, that's something I can respect, that's something I can admire, I can learn from. And there's another element too, and that is that it's called spousal transference, but it can happen in work teams and friendships and roommates, um, is that when you're around someone with a particular gift, they ignite that strength in you while you're with them. So when you're together, your maximizer, which wants to make the good better, is going to help your husband and your achiever too, those two together, is going to help your husband to, to kind of reach a little higher you know, in whatever efforts you undertake together, that sort of thing. That's just a, just a smattering kind of tip of the iceberg of what's possible there. I mean, I just love the work that you're doing because you can do what you're doing right now, right? Right on this podcast, you can do for people. You can sit down with them on the phone or on a video call and go over the top 34. And I know you mentioned to me that you'll do a, like a free consult. Am I correct on that one? Yes, you will do the free consult for them so they can learn more before they dive in. Absolutely. I like to spend, you know, a lot of free consultations are 15 to 30 minutes. And that's understandable because we get a lot of inquiries. Um, But personally, I like to spend an hour the first time I talk with someone and really delve into what they'd like to achieve, what they're looking for teach them as much as I can about the process and let them really be fully equipped to make a decision. And also for us to get to know each other a little bit so that we know if we're a good fit for each other. It's nice to have a little kind of chemistry and mutual interest to start this work because it's vulnerable work. It's all very, it's all completely private. It's as private as, you know, speaking with a lawyer. Um, I'm always going to protect everyone's privacy. If I ever talk about what's happening with my clients, which I often do in public, I I eliminate any identifying information and, and I just talk about what was learned rather than, you know, who they are. So I'm very protective of my clients. But yeah, that first hour is, I, we just call it an exploratory call. But I, but I go as deep as I can in that first call so that people can have a taste of, of what it is that the process is like. 
Yeah, it's an exciting venture. It really is. I'm, I'm so glad I met you because it's as a family, like if, if everyone in your family takes it, I know that you can also work with families to be able to get closer, to work together and to really see the gifts of each person. Right. Isn't that amazing for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I worked with one family um, where their daughter's very different from everybody else. It's not that she doesn't have some of the talent themes, but they show up in her very uniquely. And so she was a little bit of a, an odd duck out in some ways, at least in the way she saw herself. And she struggled with anxiety and depression. And after I did her first session, we did two sessions privately, and then I worked with the whole family together. But her mother told me months later, and the change had been consistent, after the first session of starting to see, she, was, she had just so much fun with this. We were having so much fun, in fact, that our first session went about two and a half hours. We just weren't stopping because we were so much was being revealed. But she suddenly had a vision for herself. As I mentioned before, this happens with young people and no longer felt like there was something wrong with her or that she wasn't good enough because she wasn't like everyone else who was around her. She started saying things like, yes, that's me. I do that. And, and when she <laughs> found out that she was a natural researcher, that she had gifts for understanding and developing other people, she was lit up. Her mother told me that after that first session, this kid who struggled with depression, in, in her mother's words, she came to life. And that makes me choke up every time. And because she has been different ever since. She has used to just see a comfort with her being in her own skin and, and kind of reveling in how she's different and, and unique. And, and the Bible is in so many places tells us we're wonderfully made. That's Psalm 139, one of my favorites, that we're purposed, that we're uniquely gifted and called, that the parts of the body each have their own necessary function, that we are meant to be interdependent, to each of us carry some part of the mission. And the catechism tells us that we're unique and unrepeatable. These are layers of the mystery of ways that we are made in the image and likeness of God. And scripture so clearly tells us in um, the Gospel of John in the first chapter, also in Colossians and in other places, that nothing was created that was not created in and through Jesus Christ. And so in order to grow closer to Jesus Christ, doesn't it make sense to understand how we were created in and through him, how we were designed to be a part of this great plan for saving souls, for bringing greater glory to God, for bringing greater joy to the world. Uh, the Bible is full of praise and thanksgiving and and saint paul says to think of all that is good and noble and just and pure and how can we do that if we're in constant misunderstanding of ourselves and of other people and so to me on a on a foundation of virtue work this kind of live the story that god wishes to write with us out there shining as bright lights in a dark world. I see this assessment and I see the kind of work that you're doing as really transforming culture. I wish everybody could take it. Honestly, I wish that everybody in the world could, could, could do this Me and too. that they could, they could unpack their talents. I think it would, as you talk about depressions and anxieties, I mean, when people can unpack the gifts that God has given them and use them for the better in this world. 
I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think it, it's a really, truly amazing thing. And I love what you're doing. I hope that as many people can find out about the work that you're doing on this podcast. And if, if somebody's listening right now, please share this. And I want to encourage you to take this assessment and get in touch with Lisa. Tell them how to get in touch with you because um, this is a gift. This is a gift to yourself. And this is a gift to everybody that you know. Um, how do they get Thank in touch you. with you to begin this process? Well, they can email me at lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. Now, 139 is the psalm where, where the psalmist says, Lord, I am wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. So it's lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. And um, they can also find me at the Raphael Remedy, which is a Catholic website, a very faithful one. Uh, the woman who owns it and is the therapist there uh, is, is Allison Ricciardi, and she owns catholictherapist.com. She's on Relevant Radio a lot, but I'm, I'm the, the head of coaching there. That's the raphaelremedy.com. And um, let's see. So just to keep it simple, though, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. My name is a bear to spell, but hopefully you've got it in your show notes. And... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's just incredible, and um, and you have so many programs that you're that are coming soon in in 2021. I mean, Bill mentioned the first one about the strength based marriage free challenge, which I think you talked about too, with January 6th to February 10th, uh, and then play to their strengths free parenting challenge. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, I just got hold of a great book. I'm still in the book, but I have every intention of doing again another sort of book club yeah. a once a week for several weeks where we get together and for both clubs too. And it's free, completely free. It'd be a matter in this case of being able to understand how to parent your children, knowing they're at least their top five, because the to get the top five report is a lot cheaper than getting the full 34. And we can talk about that too. But even if you know each other's top five, those are the areas where you most naturally thrive. And so if you can call out the best in each other, then everyone in the family gets a chance to be amazing. If you've got that person in your family who is really good, who has something called woo, which stands for winning others over. I have woo. I know it's funny. Um, that's the person who can read the room. They can tell if people are having fun at a party or not. That's the person you want to kind of put in charge of making everybody welcome when they come to your home. That's your, you know, that's sort of your hospitality person. And if you have somebody who is deliberative, that's the person who takes their time and really looks at all the possibilities before making a decision. You want that person to, to have a piece of the conversation. That's the person you might be always telling to hurry up. If you have activator or achiever, you might be in a hurry to make a decision. Or if you're highly strategic, you may see all the pathways very quickly and, and be very decisive. Or like you, Anne, you have command. You're the person in a crisis we absolutely want who can create structure and tell people what to do and get people moving to solve a problem quickly. You know, bail out that boat and let's get to shore kind of a thing. And so when we start to understand each other's giftings and lift each other up and give each other opportunities to shine... 
the family has greater unity, mutual respect, and there's greater joy and a lot less misunderstanding. It's possible, like as we were discussing earlier, it's possible to anticipate conflicts. I have activator at number three, which means I'm a let's get go, let's go. I'm a ready, fire, aim person. Is That's how Gallup describes activator, ready, fire, aim. And so my husband is more deliberative and he, and he is someone who looks to the past to understand things. That's something that Gallup calls context. And so he's going to look at the past. He's going to look at the data. He's going to take his time about making really good, solid decisions. He's also a really good comparison shopper, whereas I'm a lot more impulsive. I need him. <laughs> he helps me. I can. We could either be in conflict with me saying, go, 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 and him saying, wait, wait, wait. Or I can come to him. I can be mature and self-controlled and come to him for help in my decision making. And I can also activate him to help him to get moving more quickly. So we can anticipate that possible conflict. We can notice when it's happening and laugh about it because we're wired differently. And oh, there's my activator bumping up against your deliberative. It's nothing personal. No, I think it helps also with when you think about it, the arguments that people have about other people's personalities, when you can look at them as, okay, these are their strengths and talents and maybe weaknesses too, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but it will help you to give people a little slack and also yourself when you think, you know what? Now, my last one, I think was, what did we say it was, Lisa? Um, oh, the rock bottom one? Yeah, mine was, um, oh my gosh, it's that one where you said the short order cook, you know, somebody oh. who... Yeah, adaptability. Adaptability. And I thought, oh, my daughter said, Mom, your last one's adaptability, like as if, ah, ha, ha. But you explained it to me that it was more that I like to have a plan. It's not, mm. I, I get really, I like things kind of done in a certain way at a certain time instead of like, okay, let's run out of the house and do this in 10 minutes. <laughs> right, right. You have discipline. So you're a person who likes to have a plan and routines, and you thrive. And you're the person who creates that for other people. And by golly, families and businesses all need routines and discipline. And that's an area where you thrive. And when you stand in that talent, not only are you going to be more confident, but your brain's going to be getting a lot of dopamine hits because you're operating in the way that you're designed to. So it's going to help your brain health, your moods, uh, you're going to be a lot happier, you're going to laugh more. The Gallup tells us this, that people, like even in the corporate environment, they laugh more, they have more fun, they have better quality of life. It's really amazing how just understanding yourself and each other works better. And, and, and here's that other thing you mentioned, weaknesses. We all have talent themes that are very low for us, but those are areas where we can recognize, hey, I'm really good at some things. I'm not really good at everything. So I'm going to look for people who have strengths in areas where I'm weak. I'm going to, I might hire a virtual assistant for me who's going to be really regular about getting those posts or those emails out or whatever, right? Um, that's something that I'm not very good at. I don't have discipline. I don't have focus. Those are not areas of strength for me. So I'm going to work with people who do. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I'm also going to notice something that Gallup calls balconies and basements, which means that I might have a really high talent. Like one of my top one is input. And that's the researcher. That's the one that that teenager had that she discovered and we had in common. It was so much fun to talk about. And that means that I love to be, and I have learner too in my top five. So I love to be constantly discovering new things and kind of archiving and saving them. But I'm also a natural teacher. I want to share the gems that I discover. And so it's no secret, you know, no secret why I love public speaking and writing and all of that and teaching webinars, because that delights me. That's a place where I stand in the way I am wonderfully made by God. 
God. But if I don't manage that talent theme, I can be like, if anyone remembers the old Cheers TV show from long ago, it was a, it was a very funny sitcom. There was a character that came into the bar every day that always had facts and was always pontificating. If I'm not uh, self-controlled, I can be that person that's always giving too much information and overwhelming people and talking nonstop as I'm doing right now. <laughs> but, but the basement, the misunderstanding or what Gallup calls the barrier label might just be that that person's a know-it-all. And so I need to manage my talent theme and make sure that I'm very aware of other people, that I share something of interest and be enthusiastic, but then know when to be quiet and just to listen to others and make space for them. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing about that. And and that learner is a very interesting one. And funny to say that, and I didn't know that my husband would come so high on that one too, but other than analytical, his second one was learner. So mm-hmm. that was an interesting thing to see as well. Yeah, so the process of learning is going to put a smile on his face every time. He's yes. going to, he might, it, it's going to vary, look different for different people. For some people, it's taking online classes for other people. It's, it's might be watching documentaries or learning a new skill, but learner is all lit up and very content. Uh, maybe even almost in a high when they're learning. When I did my Gallup training, I remember people commented on it to me later when we got gotten to know each other, we were on a zoom call and I couldn't stop smiling. I was in cu- class with them for four or five, four and a half days straight. And I couldn't stop grinning the whole time. It's because I was truly genuinely happy just to be learning. Wow. Yeah, there's so much here. And uh, there's so many different, you know, my mind is spinning, I have notes all over my page here. But I mean, (laughs) there's just there's just there. For, for me, listening to, to, to you, Lisa, there's just such an amazing uh, interwovenness, interconnectivity between all of us that, you know, can be, I think, actualized and realized through this process. And, you know, especially, you know, spouses and families to understand these and, and get to know these aspects of their lives intimately. I mean, that's really what it is, getting to know yourself and those around you uh, that you work with, that you that you live with in such a way that you're able to then un- unleash the uh, the best of each person and also the best of the team, right? Because, I mean, that's, you know, that's part of it as well. It's unleashing the best of the team. In fact, this weekend I was talking to my dad and I said, you know, uh, he goes, you know, there's, you know, some aspects of my personality that, you know, you know, you know, my dad would always say, I don't, you know, you, you know, you know, you should try to reduce those or try to, you know, not be as, you know, have this, have this temper or have this thing. And, and I said, you know, each and every, I remember a person in college, maybe he had taken this poll. I remember one of my professors telling me that, um, that the, one of the most important things is uh, also, you know, having, you know, character defects and also character, you know, um, you, know you know, positive strengths of our character. Bo- both of them work together and we have to be able to put everything together in order to, um, to, to have a successful team, you know, so where, where you are weak, where you are personally weak, you know, there's going to be somebody there and, and we look for those people to make, you know, our team a strength. We make our marriage a strength that way. I mean, you know, I, you know, it, it is no secret that I am not an organized person. I just am not, an, you know, organized person. 
Uh, and my my wife is overly organized, like she is incredible. And so 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 how did you you know pair that? I mean, it's paired up. You know what I mean? It's paired up to the point where my my weakness is 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 her strength, and you know she's able to remind me. Okay, you know what? The office is looking a little bit messy today. Why don't you you know just take ten minutes and organize it so that you <laughs> so that so that it doesn't look like a bomb went off in here, and <laughs> and uh, you know there but but there's there's this complementarity and that's you know such an amazing thing to to recognize especially during the Christmas season I think too because um, you know you know our Lord came on to the scene to to take on our human flesh and our human weakness and and you know he he took it on he you know he he said you know I'm gonna take on the the uh, personality of a person. I'm going to take on the weaknesses and the strengths. Of course, I think he had all strengths, being God. But <laughs> but but you know, he was humble enough to take on the the flesh. And so I think we, you know, um, I think we take uh, a look at that during this season and you know really examine what you do through through the Gallup polls and through the Gallup. Uh, studies because this is this is powerful stuff and I think we can grow a lot personally and and spiritually I think we lead each other uh, spiritually as well by by our strengths and weaknesses and maybe just touch a little bit on that you know like the you know the spiritual aspect of of knowing one's strengths and weaknesses and knowing um, knowing where they where they are on you know w- w- with these uh, with these things. Mm, Thank you. That's such a great question. One of the things I love that has really been fruitful for me has been thinking about my top five. I have something called input, as I mentioned, and then I have connectedness, which is the which, among many other things, is the ability to draw meaning out of things, but also to put people together who belong together and to enjoy that. But that's the, the deeper meaning. So input, connectedness, then the activator, then learner, and then something called intellection, which is the person who needs and loves time to just think. And so when I think about how to grow closer to God, God has woven to me to get woven me together for a purpose in a particular way. And so he intends for me to approach him through those pathways. That's where I thrive. That's where I find him and his design. And so as a person who loves to read and do research, when I open my Bible in the morning and I start to delve into the Word of God, my learner, my connectedness, my intellection, my reflective impulse, all of that gets activated. It's really incredible that I can be there in the Word and notice how God is speaking to me in those places where I am wonderfully made, where He designed me. And so I can have confidence that that sense of rightness it's not something I should, should dismiss as self-indulgent. A lot of time when people discover their talent themes, they go, oh, I always just thought, oh, that's me. If, or isn't that easy for everybody? Or I shouldn't waste my time doing that too much because that's something that's easy to, for me. And our culture has been telling me my whole life that I'm supposed to be focusing on my weaknesses and comp- and finding a way to overcome them. But strengths-based coaching is around God designed you for a purpose in these ways that you are so well made. Make sure that while you do compensate and be aware of your weaknesses and, and manage them well and find ways to get them taken care of, 
emphasize where you are are made to thrive. And so then you become much more fully the person that God intends you to be. And that creates a great deal of confidence and gratitude. The more I know of how God designed me, the more right my life feels, the more I believe with all my heart, not just with my head, as many Catholics do, and it's not their fault. It's just that they haven't necessarily made these connections, that God actually has an important and particular plan for my life, that I matter to him, that I matter for his plans for salvation for the world. And so when when that happens for me, my gratitude towards God now flows outward much more readily. My confidence that he has a plan for my life, I feel more loved. To be able to say with conviction, I am a beloved daughter of God, yeah. that I am wonderfully made, that he has a plan and a purpose for my life. The plans for for well-being and not for woe, as Jeremiah says. And so knowing that, believe me, repairs a lot of self-doubt and doubt in the in the realm of our faith. Yeah, my mind is like Bill said, his he's writing all these notes and his mind is kind of exploding just like mine is. And I mean, I'm yeah, really not not in, in a positive way, please. Yeah. Uh, but but what I'm thinking is that with when you think about what's going on in the church right now and how it, this has been such a challenge over 2020 with the pandemic and but how it would be wonderful if archdiocese and diocese could really learn more about what you are doing when we can learn about our gifts and when we can work together in unison as a church i mean and and as a as a world really i mean i just think that this is uh such a an important thing that needs to be known to, to everyone and what you're, you know, th this work. Um, I thought also, if you don't mind, Lisa, I, we could talk about this wonderfully made community. I want to mention some of the points that you sent to me is the marriage mastermind groups, the vision and purpose mastermind groups, monthly content videos and downloadables, your Facebook live and monthly video cast. So you've got a lot of great things happening to bring people together for this vision. Okay, yeah, the membership hasn't launched yet. It's all in the making. Um, but I want to let people know about it because it's going to be a low-cost monthly membership. You know, just like we subscribe to, you know, Amazon Prime or, you know, Hulu or whatever it is, a small payment every month to be a part of the community because I'm investing a lot in creating it, you know, uh, creating platforms and, and working with multiple people who are helping me to create this thing. But what it'll be is that a family can join. So it'll be one fee for the family. And then once a month, we would get together to delve into strengths and talents around marriage. And once a month, there would be an, another group for maybe for young people uh, to, or anybody who wanted to talk about visioning. You know, what is your vision and purpose for your life? How do you take this information and start to step in more intentionally into how God is calling you in your life? That sort of thing. And I'll be pre-recording little master classes, interviews with experts, things like that. So one of those will show up every month, something short, maybe 20 to 30 minutes long. I'll also have downloadables that have to do with the master class. So once a week, 
about four times a month, people will receive some kind of an invitation, whether it's to a masterclass or to download something or to watch a little video. And we'll always have opportunities for the community to come together in a private Facebook space. I think I'm going to use Facebook. I've been looking at Mighty Networks, but um, right now I have most of my following uh, on Facebook. So I may use Facebook. That's TBD. But at any rate, we'll find a place to gather where I can show up live. And during the Strengths-Based Marriage Challenge, we'll be meeting for an hour on Wednesday night. But on Fridays, I'll be in the Facebook live uh, space praying the Angelus at noon on Friday for each week and then taking questions and answers and celebrating people's wins, letting people share how they're breaking through. And then I'll do it again at three o'clock. I'll pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet for anyone who shows up. We'll join together to do that. And then we'll take more Q&A and sharing of wins. And so I'll do that for all six weeks. Now for the people, I just sent this out a few days ago, for the people who show up for all six of those sessions, and if they have to miss some, they can show up in the Facebook Live and post the answers to the questions for the weeks to show that they're still engaged and that they're making progress. For people who participate through the whole series, I'm offering a Valentine's Day is Everyday coaching package as a gift. It's a few hours. Um, I'm doing doing a little bit of private coaching with each and the couple and then bringing them together to do some exercises and giving them some, some suggestions for where to go to go more deeply into it and to have more fun with it. And so I'm really going all out. I'm pulling out all the stops. I am all in. I want to give people as much value as I possibly can. And all they have to do is take the assessment, which is a little bit of an investment. But if they buy the Strengths-Based Marriage book new, it includes an assessment in the book uh, or a link to the assessment. Uh, It's like a code. And then the other person would just have to purchase the assessment. I don't get anything for that. But the people who sign up, I give them my discount code, which saves them $10 off of every assessment or upgrade. So I just I'm giving you all a lot of little details that may not make sense to everybody. But I just want you to know that if you do one of these free challenges with me, I'm there for you. I want to make sure that you get results. And, uh, and it can really make a huge difference. I'm working with a young person who left her very good job, which had long hours, and her colleagues, who she was closest to, her friends, were all neglecting their families, drinking too much, you know, doing all the things that workaholics do, because it's such a good job, and this is such a good career, and they were really into the material benefits of it. And they all chastised her when she left it because she was getting married and she wanted time for her husband and she was looking for something different, something that would be more family friendly and trying to get pregnant. When she first came to me, she was having no luck getting pregnant. Her friends were still kind of like, what are you doing? And she'd been interviewing for jobs and hadn't found one that was quite right. And when she found out that she had a talent theme called belief, high belief is more than just faith. It can be in any philosophical outlook. But what it means is that she has deep core values that are unchanging, that guide her choices in life. And when she realized that, she realized it wasn't wrong to think differently about what success was. And by the way, recently found out that she's pregnant. um, So couldn't be happier and her whole family is rejoicing. But she's now feeling really comfortable and confident for the first time to define success in a God-centered, family-friendly way that aligns beautifully with her values great story yeah mm. happens yeah, all the I'm time happy with for her work. too really <laughs> too. yeah, yeah it's that's awesome. awesome 
And you know, it always is amazing, Lisa, every time we talk to you, the hour is so much faster than, <laughs> than we want it to be. <laughs> we, yeah, that's know. right. So that just means have I'm having fun with you too. And I just looked, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's time to Where go. would that be on the, the, on the talent theme, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've got a... Well, you know, we have to have you. It just means we have to have you back again. You know what I mean? And that's and that's the that beautiful thing. That would be awesome. Of course. No, uh, this is this is great. But I mean, basically, uh, give us your websites and give us the stuff. I will put the uh, links in the show notes uh, to the podcasted version of this. So if you're listening live, go over and look at patrickhart.podbean.com. And uh, you'll or anywhere podcasts are found, and you'll be able to get the links, especially to the coaching link uh, and the free. Um, and, and, and this free marriage course that Lisa's offering. So just, so just check it out. All you'll have to do is click the button to say, you know, sign up here and it'll take you right to the website. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, Lisa, this is awesome. But yeah, go ahead and just give us the websites again. So people, uh, so people know. Okay. Yeah. I can be found at raphaelremedy.com. And if you just put in Raphael Remedy, Lisa, don't forget about trying to spell Maladnik. It should, it should bring me up. And if not, just go to the, the staff, you know, look at the staff listing and you'll find me there. Also, if you want to email me directly, and I'd love to hear from any of you, uh, Lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. Awesome. Awesome. I say as well. It's such <laughs> a blessing, you. really. I love having you on the show. And, um, and you're also going to be a guest next year. It's, next year's actually this coming week, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, it, for the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, Foundation. So please do keep an eye on our website at nonatus.org for when Lisa will be a guest on our podcast at Philly Nonatus. And it's also on Patchwork Heart too, because Bill uh, broadcasts the St. Raymond Onatus podcasts on Patchwork Heart too. So Yes. Wonderful. Well, folks, uh, this has been awesome to have you uh, joining us today uh, as we wrap up the year and uh, wish you all a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Sewing Hope podcast. But until next time, from all of us here at the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, Patchwork Heart Ministry, Fiat Ministry Network, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts and wishing you a happy new year. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.